Grego is 44. Yeah. <laughs> Very disinterested. Right. Most disinterested. Since our last bikini girl, he has lost 230 pounds. Oh. Look at how skinny. You want to stand up now and show, show off how skinny up. you are? Why don't you stand up, Greg? I don't stand up. Why? Why? If I am. I have a little woodworking, you know? Now, hang on, we're not finished describing oh, okay. him yet. The hammer. Uh, we don't know how he lost the, the weight. Some say thumb stomach, some say coke. <laughs> we go with AIDS here on the on the show, though. Okay? What do you think of the hammer? He's very rich, too. Very rich. And he is very doable. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Very doable. Unfortunately, the patriarch of this show, Mike Reiner, is now ineligible for this contest because his wiener hasn't worked since the pet offensive. <laughs> so, but he does have the youthful zit under his left eye, if that attracts you. That's right. That's making him more attractive today. I think you're very handsome. Is that a yes? What is up? He's ineligible. He's ineligible. Okay. All right. I think he's I a handsome man. I detect a yes. Well, thank you very but that's much. That's not for it. No, 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 no. That's no, no. not it. There's Nate. one more left on the crew. Look to your right, and if you will, behold the cobra. Snake. Now the cobra is thirty-nine. Are you? You're thirty-two, aren't you? Thirty-nine. 39. You are not for real. Yeah. Doesn't it look up good, good for thirty-nine? Yeah. Isn't it amazing. Good God, I'm forty. <laughs> <laughs> And you look like you're in your 20s, too. Damn right, sister. <laughs> he has cloven hooves. He also has the hair of the rodent. Would you like to feel my head? Right. Feel his head. Oh. See, that is exactly like a shaved muskrat pelt. Or, or a beaver. <laughs> and he stinks. Those are three things you must know about it. And you smell good, so... No, thank you. So what do you think about the Cobra? You know, everyone says he's doable, and I really want to say not, but he is. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Thank you. the lucky woman. Thank you. I'm going to tell her that tonight. Tonight. Your wife is a lucky woman. She is. The ticket. But right now, we have this. Yeah. Um, I would like everybody on the program, including me and Mike and Danny, Herbs, Ty, think real hard, okay? Think about this for just a second. Could any of you have been pranked today? Well, it's not you. I don't think so. No? Not you? How about you? No. How about you? <laughs> I don't think so. And how about you? I don't think so, but I also don't like where I'm positioning <laughs> this trip around the horn. Well, Mike, you have... Let me go ahead and first off and hand you this. What's that? 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> what is it? Go ahead and tell everybody, Mike, what it is. It's an envelope. What's right? inside? I don't know. I, 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 I bet you can guess. I can't bring myself to look. Well, Just uh, tell the story, okay? <laughs> I'll let everybody know what's inside the envelope. It's $1,400. In cash. In cold, hard cash. Mike Reiner and Petty Theft. <laughs> Yesterday, at about 4 o'clock, I'm outside of the studio. Aren't you happy, though? Explain to Mike what this is kind of like. You did this to me at the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> this, is like, this is like your child running away. And after a day, you find him. And you're really happy to see him, but you're pissed at him. Right. No, I'm not pissed. <laughs> I told you it was my own fault. Boy, was I it. I thought about it, and I should have done something about it right then, and I always got distracted. And <sighs> So I'm outside, okay, outside of the studio at mm -hmm. our little computer area in the bullpen. Mm -hmm. And I'm going over whatever in a break at like right around 4 o'clock, and I look down, and there's a bank envelope sitting right next to the chair where I sat down. And I'm like, what the hell? I pick it up, and it's thick. And so I take it into, I take it into the, to where Danny and Groobs are, and I say, man, I, I just found this bank envelope. Do either one of you guys lose it? No, no. But we're like, open it up. Yeah. So I open it up, and I see that it is $1,600, and it's all divvied up into little $400 increments. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. paper clipped. They're all $100 bills, mm -hmm. and there's four $400 little increments. Mm -hmm. And I kind of look at Danny. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, oh, Mike is going to pay his band for whatever gigs they've done in the last month or whatever. He finally got paid by all the clubs. It's time to disperse the cash. It's time, and he had band practice last night. So Chris Holt can buy formula for his babies. Right. So. And the good officer can buy more prog rock CDs. So Danny goes, I go, should we give it back to him? And, and Danny's like, not yet. Let's figure out something to do with it first. <laughs> I was going to invest it. So I thought about buying, like, going home and, and going to the store and buying a $1,600 suit and wearing it back up here to work. <laughs> Mike's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Man, I found, like, 1600 bucks yesterday and thought, what the hell? I'll buy a suit. <laughs> but then I thought, no, I can't spend his money because we knew it was going to the band. So I thought of a really, what I thought was a really good plan. I went and told Kat after the show what had happened. Meanwhile, Mike is all over the place. That was the beauty of it, was subtly watching Mike search for this cash from like 4 to 7. But not tell us. No. He, he never asked us about it because nope. he knew how much hell he would catch knowing if we knew that he lost $1,600. This isn't like a $5 bill laying around. No. This is thousands of dollars. That's hundreds right? of dollars. You it's are not, not thousands of <laughs> it's it's one thousandths of change. <laughs> not thousands. But there's a reason you didn't tell us, right? Or ask us. I mean, 
Why didn't you ask us? God, have you guys seen $1,600 laying around here? Because <laughs> you knew that we would absolutely kick you in the balls for losing that much money. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> but man, you were looking and every break. And yeah, he kept, I was. And he kept, I was. he kept padding his pockets. Uh -huh. Every time he would get up, like maybe it reappeared. I'm not sure. <laughs> He's out there all over back in the bullpen area, back in the break room, back by our mailboxes. Just I bet you went to the men's room too, didn't you? I virtually retraced my <laughs> steps up here yesterday. Because you spend a lot of time in there. So what happened? It fell out of your coat pocket? Yeah, I'd been carrying it around in my jacket pocket, and I shouldn't have been doing that. Yeah, obviously. So, And I knew I shouldn't have been doing it, but every time I would think, you know, you really should do something else with this, put it in another pocket or put it in your bag, put it in the car, do, just do something else with it. It's it, it's probably not real safe there. Right. Well, the next... But every time I would think about that, I would get distracted by something and not do it. Well, the next logical step was to get the master of prank facilitation cat involved. Oh, that bastard. <laughs> so I had a juicy... The bastard cat. I had a very juicy idea. And I called Cat Happen. Look, here's what's going to happen. You're going to send an email out, an all-staff email, an all-ticket email, saying this. And at 11.32 a.m. this morning, this email. Your staff received this email. From Cat. It has come to my attention via building security that the cleaning crew found a bank envelope on the 13th floor last night while going through the suite. Apparently, this was in a common area, probably the bullpen. Luckily, the folks on the cleaning crew are honest, and that envelope has been turned in. So, likewise, if you honestly lost it, see me and we can discuss it further. If you didn't, please keep your fishing expeditions to a minimum. Thanks, Cat. We should just play the audio. Well, I'll tell you this. The whole gist of the bit was that Mike was going to go into Cat's office mm -hmm. saying this was my envelope. He was going to hand him the money. And instead of $1,600, there was going to be $200. Because the honest cleaning crew pocketed fourteen hundred of it. Play the audio. We will play the audio next. All right, ready? this is the anatomy of a prank here <laughs> that we're letting you all in on. So Mike has a bank envelope up here yesterday, sixteen hundred dollars in his pocket. It falls out of his coat pocket outside of the studio. I find and it. And my coat pocket was just a ticket windbreaker. Yeah. Which. That pocket is in no way, shape, or form designed to handle something like that. Yet, there I go. Right. Uh, it has $1,600 in it. We, Danny and I, determined very quickly that it's Mike. He's paying his band. And so we kept was it. was correct. Yeah. We kept the money. And Mike searched for it frantically, never asking us if we had seen the money. Because I would have just handed it over to you if you would ask me. You would not have. Yes, I would have. No, you would have. You had a prank in mind, and, and you would have seen it through. No, if you would have asked, it would have been, there, there's really no prank there. Right. All right, let me tell you where I was coming from in all this. Okay. I virtually retraced my steps up here. Mm -hmm. I mean, every place up here that I could think of that I might have been in yesterday, I went and looked. 
So you went by every female's desk in the sales department? <laughs> I didn't go back there yesterday. I stayed down on this end of the building. But the conference room, just everywhere. Everywhere that I can think of that it might have fallen out. Doo-doo hut? Yeah, I looked in there. <laughs> I even walked up to the on-the-run yesterday. Mm -hmm. You did? Yeah. And oh, because certainly if anybody picked it up there, they'd turn it in. No, no, no. Well, before. Oh, you walked up there after the show? No, before the show. Okay. After the show, I just kind of made a quick drive-by up there just to see if I saw it laying on the ground somewhere that, okay. that nobody had picked it up, and I didn't. What added stress in your life that you just didn't need yesterday? And then that Great was success. it? You gave up? Yeah, I gave it up. So before <laughs> practice, I go home hoping that that I have enough in the petty cash bank or the petty theft petty cash bank pouch to cover everybody, which fortunately I did. And I got them their money and then I headed out to practice. And, and you I never told them No, I didn't say anything about this to them because I mean it's not their business. It's not their concern. Right. Those boys played for it and you know Okay. That was it. So the plan was on our end, um Catlin to send an email which he did this morning. I'll read it one more time. Come to my attention that via building security, the cleaning crew found a bank envelope on 13 last night while going through the suite. Apparently this was in a common area, probably the bullpen. Luckily the folks on the cleaning crew are honest, and that envelope has been turned in. So likewise, if you honestly lost it, see me and we can discuss it further. They're about 8% honest. If you didn't, please keep your fishing expeditions to a minimum. So... As the day progresses, we still find that Mike has not read the email. Remember when we brought it up in the meeting, you you're like you called Cat and said, "Hey man, did anybody claim that cash yet?" And Mike's like, "What are you, what are you talking That's about?" That's why I did it. Yeah, That's why I, I did it. So because he hadn't seen his email yet. Mike didn't read the email, and we didn't want this to stretch out during the show. We wanted him. We wanted this to take place. His interfacing with Cat before mm -hmm. the show. So as when our, we're in our meeting. I finally just randomly go, man, I forgot to ask Jeff if anyone had claimed that money. And I act like I call him. And Mike, I look at Mike, and he's got these big eyes like, what, who, what, money, cash, what? I and, probably noticeably perked up. Oh, you did. And then and then I hung up the phone. You're like, who was that? I go, it was Cat. And then you're, we're like, you don't know what happened? No. So, yeah, somebody found some, the cleaning crew found some money last night, and Cat has it. And, and so, he still wouldn't confide in us. And no, say, oh, no, that's he mine, still man. wouldn't say it was his. You're so secretive. <laughs> so finally, finally, after that, he well, walks. I mean, it's on me. It's my fault. Right. You know. He walks down. He's happy now, though, because mm -hmm. he's going to get his sixteen hundred dollars. But kinda. But <laughs> here's what happens when he walks in to Cat's office. What up, Drew? It's mine, man. What is? That money. It was found. Really? I was wondering. No one's came and said a thing about it. I guess I might have harshly worded the email. I didn't see the email. Oh, you didn't? Well, the, I guess the uh, cleaning crew found it, turned it into the building because no one was here, and the building brought it back up, and Dan was been out on sales calls and gave it to me. So, how much? I believe there is... Uh... 
four paper clips in there, a 400 bucks in each one, and a white envelope series. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, um, it's 200 bucks in there. <laughs> there he is? Yeah. Oh. Does this look like it? No, that's it. I guess somebody's been dipping them. Well, they were making it sound like they're all honest about it and turning it in and everything like that, so I just assumed that someone left 200 bucks up here. Mm, so much. <laughs> what do you want to do? Take it up with a cleaning crew later? Either that fat guy or that skinny Chinese? That skinny Chinese? Oh, you seriously had 1600 in there? Yeah, I was going to pay the band last night, and I, I had the envelope in my jacket, and I kept thinking, you know, you need to do something else with that. Yeah. And I never did, and it fell out. And so those guys thinking they were going to be all honest, keeping the money in there, and probably pocketed the rest for themselves and divided it up or whatever. Mm -hmm. They probably did. Dude, what are you going to do? It was very decent to make it right with them. I can eat it. Yeah. Sorry, man. Yeah. That's the way it goes. You should be a little bit more responsible. Well, yeah, I, you know, about to learn a hard lesson. Mm -hmm. That's a big, that's a big lesson. Sorry. And off he goes, head tucked between his legs. Just, <laughs> hey, learn the lesson, man. Learn the lesson. So then in our first break, um, I get Mike alone in here, and then Danny walks in eventually. But I act like that I walked past Kat's office and heard them discussing mm -hmm. this. I was like, man, so that was your money, huh? And so well, Just kind of poking the fire a little bit. Yeah, so here's kind of what took place between me and Mike. And in the background, you can hear spots because we're in the studio. I walked by Kat's office and we were talking. That's, that was your cash? What happens? Which one would you buy? Of course you'd go with item two because you're going to save 40%. Well, that's how much you can save at Something the very stupid. Leasing when you buy this. And when you buy that vehicle, you have to appreciate it. As soon as you drive it off the lot, that vehicle starts to depreciate. Take that right out of the equation. And Did you know you lost it? Um, yeah, I was mindful of it yesterday. It was driving me crazy. <laughs> Did you know you lost it up here, though? Or were you think? I have a pretty good idea. This Wednesday, from 3 to 7, contact Main Event Entertainment or visit maineventusa.net. Where did they find it? I don't know. This is Larry North, and I want to tell you about a serious problem I had. I was a snorer. You didn't get that email this morning? No, I didn't see it. That's over. Did you tell the band guys? Uh, 
It's like losing your child for one day. All's well that ends well. And then you bring him back, and you're a little bit pissed off, but you have your child back. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not even pissed off. Your fourteen hundred dollar no. child. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I really would have wished though is you know he sent this email out and nobody knew it was a joke except for the three of us. Oh, somebody tried to claim it other than Mike. Wouldn't it have been great. <laughs> like if, Junior. Like, if George would have walked in. <laughs> yeah, that's my money. Can I have my money now? <laughs> They're all guessing how much it is. Right. It'll left something else in there though. Yeah, it would. Good point. <laughs> Just open up the envelope and that comes out. Well, oh, I hate you bastards. I know, I know. Sorry, man. Sorry, but look, if you're gonna get on me for a wallet and keys and cell phone, hey, I never said I was perfect with this. Sixteen hundred dollars lying in the middle of the room in cash, in cold in hard hundred dollars shiny bills. Where did you find it exactly, dude? I just said by the computer. By the computer out there. You were probably just walking by and it dropped out. You're lucky I found it. Yeah, I know. Seriously, I know. Just think of Chris House had gotten a hold of it. Oh my God! As much as they pay him up here, that's, he like, that's a Christmas bonus for that dude. He probably would have shown up. There. He probably would have. He probably would have left and shown up with like he would have been dressed like he had a wheelbarrow full of dog full of KFC or something <laughs> and a velvet suit. Right. <laughs> what a, that's the first thing he thinks of is four hundred dollars of chicken in a twelve hundred dollar velvet suit, <laughs> drinking out of one of those gold encrusted chalices. Yeah. <laughs> the horrible management of your funds. Oh my God. <laughs> Awful. All right. All right, are you done now? I'm all yes. done. I'm all Times done. Times are good. They are good. <laughs> the ticket. What we're talking about, or what I wanted to bring up in this segment, and I don't know, you and I were discussing this off the air the other day, was the insane bit called Burrito Jimmy. <laughs> and there's a oh, lot of yes. a lot of people probably that are listening right now have no idea what we're talking about. The few that do are going either oh, hell yeah, or, oh, my God, I don't want to hear this. Burrito Jimmy is probably one of the most polarizing bits that this radio show has ever done. Was it? I think so. Man, I, I think it is such, it, it is so abrasive and insane. It's like why today doesn't suck on steroids and peyote. It's so many voices. It's so much going on at one time. And the object of it was, mm-hmm. was oh, hey, Gordon, are you joining hey. us? I am. Goofy Gordon. Deer. There he is. You invited Gordon. me to, am student, I not? The student of Eros. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Gordon. Hey, what's up? What's happening there, Bob? Sorry. Where's Gordon? Not much. Where's Gordon? He's right here. Okay. He's from he the Muser hey, Bunker. Gordon. There. Hey, what's happening, Corby? Hey, buddy. So we were talking about Burrito Jimmy and how that all came about. It was essentially a bit that you and Corby or Corby came up with and employed you and Davey to be. Well, it was yeah. So what happened? Members. What happened was is Burrito Jimmy was a character. <laughs> oh, get out of the way, Danny. Uh, Corby's here now. Well, uh, it, no, no, no. I need his help on this. Yeah. I, that's why I brought you on too. <laughs> so the setup is Burrito Jimmy was a fake. And here we go. A fake DJ. <laughs> right. Okay. That had a show. That yes, he wore. He did a whatever. He did a DJ shift. Yeah, and you stole his name or you morphed his name from a guy that used to be in this market called banana banana joe yeah remember that like, guy yeah, yeah yeah and you wanted okay well there's banana joe right I'll i'm be burrito jimmy burrito jimmy and he was real crazy <laughs> and he screamed a lot and then in the, the the early part of uh of burrito jimmy was that he had a sidekick named whistling pete and whistling pete was <laughs> stolen from the simpsons right 
because one of the characters on The Simpsons, and it was one show where they had a guy <laughs> named Smiling Pete. Uh-huh. And I was like, that, and I cracked up, like dropped to my knees laughing at this little imp called Smiling Pete. And all he did was smile. And well, Whistling Pete, all he did to communicate with whoever the guest was on Burrito Jimmy's show was whistle. He would whistle. I forgot at, about Whistling yeah. Pete. Did he go away at yes. some point during the Burrito Jimmy run? Yeah. So it used to be just okay. Burrito Jimmy and, and Whistling Pete. And then that wore itself out. And I asked you guys, I asked Gordon and Davey Lane to join us because at the time we used to make each other insane. And these were all off air things that we did. You, Gordon, you weren't doing this on the air yet. One of them was Mushmouth, which was not <laughs> named at all. Mushmouth wasn't right. named. And so we brought this voice that was just nonsense to the air mm-hmm. of Mushmouth. We determined that Mushmouth then needed some sort of handler. Right. And the handler became uh, the professor. The professor played by Davey yes. in the voice of John F. Kennedy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. 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 There I stand back, Burrito. I do this day, my Tom. <laughs> and then Gordon also did a character called Jive Talkin' Stew. Which was nothing oh more than... Oh, my gosh. Than, I was, forgot about this whole gang. Just nothing more than it, the fake Leon Simon. Right. Who used to be a talk show host here back in town. Then. Yeah. And yeah, so we got was. all these crazy characters together, and then uh, Davey... Jive talking stew. Just, yeah. uh, let's just hit and run on that, and let's just keep going. No, no, no there's nothing bad. And then we also did, uh, Davey did, uh, uh, the guy that did the lisp. Uh, the, Sammy the Spelunker. Sammy the Spelunker, oh. where he had trouble pronouncing yes. S-words. Yeah. Uh, so that's not so sensitive. But. That's six members of this gang? Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. And so what we would do, we would when, whenever our, our teams made the playoffs... We would get a random media member from the other city, call them. I would set it up and be like, hey, I'm the producer of the Burrito Jimmy show. Right. Would you like to come on the airwaves with our, our show and talk about last night's game or whatever? And I never had any prob- problems booking these guests. They sure. were writers. They were talk show hosts, whatever. And our favorite one, or at least my favorite one, was a guy in Sacramento named Rick. Uh, for the, I can't remember which outlet he worked for, but... Some of these guys played along. Some of them didn't. O.J. McDuffie. He hung up. He hung up on us. <laughs> that was That's a great right. one. We got a famous drop from that yeah, one. Yeah. But we would write these bits. We were cracking each other up, you know, on doing And then we would just get in there and freeform a lot of it. A lot of it was written. But this is what it sounded like back in 2005, I believe. Yeah. And just listen to how this is a radio program with a DJ bringing a song back from break. This is how he starts his show. Audio mayhem. Okay! 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 My God, what is happening? That's how it starts. (laughs) That's the beginning of a radio program. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the guy's on hold getting ready to talk Cowboys with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so the Mavs had just gotten bounced uh, from the playoffs, I guess, in the first or second round by the Sacramento Kings. This is the guys from Sacramento. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody. It's 11.45 here on 93.3 The Ball. Burrito, Jimmy and crew, everybody's here today. Okay. 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 Unfortunately, we had some bad news today, and... The passing of Rod Stewart at the age of 57. So we're all saddened by that, and we'll continue to hold a good thought for uh, everybody in his uh, world. Rod Stewart is still alive today. 
Yeah. I don't know this what we were doing. This is a way that we would troll the other guy who's on the line because like, it would whoa. shock him. Right. He Not had no time guy. to go to the internet and check it or anything. Right. He just had to take our word for it and be shocked on the air. That Rod it was a little early curveball we'd throw him. Rod Stewart's dead. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's continue. I guess is what we're trying to say. Um, anyway, the news of the day is the Dallas Mavericks. And they're out of the playoffs. They played the Kings last night. And to talk about the game last night is Rick Brewer. He's a writer for the Stockton Record. Yay! <laughs> hey, Rick. How you doing? Good. How are you? Fine, thanks. A little early for us. You know, got home about one, so had about five hours sleep with my four-year-old waking me up. But uh, we're all right, I guess. Were you partying? Uh, well, no, not necessarily. <laughs> I think the Kings were, but... Uh, but uh, you know we had to you had to get the job done first. I hear you. I hear you. Now, um, are are the are the Kings? I mean, they have to be happy with the way they played last night. Um, do you see this team as as a team that can contend later on here? Well, I think they have a chance certainly. But what's the deal with my little brother and Mark Cuban? Is there something going on between the two? Why don't no black players in the NBA? Yeah, I don't know. Those guys. Wait a minute! Wait, wait! Uh, no, unintelligible. Let's unintelligible. How did he just? How did he understand? There, there has never been a man that has fought through more difficulty in an interview than Rick Brewer. Okay, all right, go on. I'm so happy right now. Now listen, John Talking Stu is trying to, if you can somehow decipher, he's trying to ask him why there aren't any black owners in the NBA. Okay. All right. I seem to go all over the planet to find uh, players, you know, whether it be for, mm -hmm. you know, Europe, Lithuania, all the, all the different places. But, uh, yeah, but why are there uh, no black pretty, owners pretty in the NBA? to hang around with, yeah, I think. Like, why are there no black owners in the NBA? Uh, well, there's one now. Well, uh, the other group that wanted that team was uh, headed up by Larry Bird, and I think a lot of people thought Who's that white? with his He's white. long association with the team, you know, with the NBA, he might have he might have gotten that. But uh, I think that everything was on the up and up. And, uh, in fact, I talked with uh, Gavin uh, uh, Sammy, would you like to ask a question? Well, Rick, turning back to Sacramento Kings, first of all, I, I don't, I've watched the Kings all this year, and I don't know about you, but I really miss Cheeto Turkey Glue. Uh, do you miss Cheeto Turkey Glue on the Kings? What? Cheeto Turkey Glue. Turkey Glue. <laughs> Do you remember what the name of Davy's character was? Sammy the Spelunker. Sammy the Spelunker? <laughs> yeah, because he couldn't pronounce his S's, so it's Sammy the Spelunker. The Spelunker. He's a cave climber. Why was he Spelunking all the time? We don't know. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters anymore. The world is coming to an end. Yeah, very much so. Not only was he a good player, but a good guy and actually a good friend of mine. And I think he had a good friend. Why is Jive talking Stu farting? I don't know. He's still mad at him. That's all I hear. Wait, wait, what? You're a good friend of Hito Turkey Glue? Well, I, I'd like to think so. Yeah, we uh, had some uh, 
you know, good conversations, good times. Uh, a good young guy, and uh, I liked him. I like him a lot. Hey, if is Mike Bibby is he white? And if not, or if so, how do you know? And why, if not? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I think he's. Uh, I think he's mixed. I think there's a couple of guys on the on the Kings that are uh, a little mixed breed there, and uh, oh. I can't. Uh, you know, I don't know for sure. I don't. I don't have their passport. You're talking about breeds like they're animals, right? <laughs> no, what, what about? I mean. Wow. Oh, my mixed gosh. Breed. <laughs> mixed breed? <laughs> You're talking about breed like they animal, right? Gordon, <laughs> <laughs> so great. Let's, Not me. Yeah, no, it was a different you. But, Vlade, <laughs> Divac, does he really smell as bad as we imagined him to smell? Uh, well, it depends on how many cigarettes he's had, you know, uh, uh, between uh, timeouts and, and after the game. Uh, so, you know, it depends. If you catch him at the right time and you're on, on the down hand side of him, Hang on, Mushmouth. Okay. Hang on, Mushmouth. Would you like to ask Rick a question? Now you behave, okay? You behave. Go ahead. Wait. Yes. I love you so much. Will you please love me? I'll do my best. My absolute best. Will you? Rick, just say you love him. I love you. Can we get a battle deck? Rick, does this team have a shot to win it all? And if not, are the maroon the races? I'm sorry? Are the maroon the races? Pause it right there. The Maloof's races. So the owners of the Kings are the Maloof brothers yeah. at the time. And mm-hmm. yes, he's saying, do the Kings have enough to win it all? And if not, are the Maloof's racist? <laughs> if not, oh. are they racist? All right, go ahead. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I think the Maloof's, uh, you know, they want to win pretty bad. What? Well, there's not a lot of black guys on the team. Uh not as many. That, that, that's right. I think it, at some point yesterday there were, I think, five white guys on the Kings. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's uh, not easy to win without black talent in, in, in the NBA. <laughs> Thank you. I do. All the way. All the way to the what? Do you love me what all the way say? to the taint? <laughs> you did oh, say that. Let's, my gosh. let's revisit that. <laughs> Go ahead. All the way. You love me all the way to the taint? All the way. All the way. I you because I love you too much. Would you like to hear my poem? Rick, would you like to hear his poem? Right, pause it there. Oh, boy. All right, so the poem was really... How has this guy ridden this out this he's long? I don't know. the best. What, so what the, a champ. The, totally. The poem, I knew, because yeah. I remember this very well. I remember recording this, and it's chaos in that studio, by the way. We're laughing and throwing yeah. stuff. and <laughs> I remember this poem being the centerpiece of the bit. Yeah. Like, this was it. Right. Okay, go ahead. He really needs to get this oh, poem absolutely. off his chest. <laughs> <laughs> When I kill the rabbit, it screamed so loud. The blood came out, I was so proud. Now I kill you. I kill you hard. You hear me? <laughs> Rick? That's good stuff. E.D. E. Cummings uh, has, you know, has some what? worry, I think. Rick, okay. um, who's coming? E.E. E. Oh. 
Seriously, um, <laughs> does Sacramento see themselves as serious players as we head on to this postseason, or are they snake bit in the second season? They can't seem to get to the Shut finals. Up, Shut, Shut up, Mushmouth. Shut up. me talking. Shut up, Mushmouth. Go ahead, Rick. Yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, but, uh, you know, two years ago, I think was that bad, and they didn't do it. Here we go. Mushmouth, no. Mush, get your cage. Mushmouth, get your cage. Professor, do something, Professor. Professor, do something. Mushmouth, I knew this day would come. Stand back, burrito. Down, Mushmouth, down. Okay, come on. Stay in your cage. Shut up. Calm down. Stop shooting. Stop shooting him. Stop shooting him. Watch out Stop for the anal leakage. He's leaking now. No more shooting. Go. Good Lord. Okay. Uh. Corby almost said GD. Yeah. God. Rick, we appreciate the time. I'm sorry, Burrito. I had to do it. That's okay, Professor. We had to uh, contain him. He's slow. Now, uh, Rick, would you like to make a prediction on how far the Kings will go? Uh, I think that uh, they're probably going to... Shut up! Um, Stop shooting him! Stop shooting him! Stop shooting him! It's tough love, Mushmouth. Get used to it. Okay, Rick. We'll see you later. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Listen. This is a hardline's reaction. Oh my God! Wow! <laughs> wow! Yeah. Oh man! Holy buckets! That's awesome. It's so good. It's so good. It's one of my favorite things ever. I man. forgot how great that was. <sighs> yeah, I don't know that I've heard that in forever. I know, dude. We haven't either. I, I remember <laughs> we would do those, and the phone would hang up, and we're, like, exhausted and sweating, and <laughs> like, did that work? Did we do good? Like, we don't even know. I just can't believe that there's a bit in which Burrito Jimmy is the absolute straight guy on that scene. <laughs> oh, I know. Dad, He's trying back, to... Burrito. So many He's trying drops. to get control. So many he has another it. basketball question. <laughs> All right. I, don't well, know, I think Sammy the Spelunker is probably the most straight down the middle. He actually has legitimate sports questions. He just has a lot of problems with the yeses. Right. Yeah. It's tough love. <laughs> Get used to it. <laughs> Get used I to it. I love the professor. Get used oh. to it, burrito. <laughs> yeah. Like he doesn't call you Jimmy. He calls you burrito. Stand back, burrito. Burrito. My face Stand hurts. Back, oh my god, it makes me so happy. Burrito. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we can go home now. Like we've done our job. Oh my god. Uh, well, let's see what an irate Mark Stein has to say about all this. Thanks, Thanks Gordon. Gordon. We love you. Thank Bye, you, Gordon. Guys. Take care. I'm coming see over. See you, buddy.